Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm bringing you a special episode of the Boca podcast today called Workflow Wednesday. During these special edition episodes, myself and my co-hosts will focus on helping you develop more efficient daily and weekly workflows around post-production, communication, task and project management, time management, file and image management, and yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. And we are officially live, and we're already giggling. It's not surpring for us. Um, just, yeah, it's the RE2 reactions to this video. I love it. So uh, People are engaged. They're excited. Uh, hey, I'm Nathan Holritz, CEO at Photographer's Edit, and uh, this is Rich and Heather Smith, and uh, my good friends for years and years now. In fact, we were at, we were kind of small talking away before we got started here, and I'm sure we've got more to, to jump to afterwards. But um, thank you guys so much for making time for Workflow Wednesday. Of course, Thanks for appreciate us. it. Yeah, and uh, this is a series that that we do at Photographers Edit. Of course, we're on Facebook Live for those of you who are listening in or, or watching in on Facebook right now. This will later go out to the Boca Podcast, um, and you can find us there. We'll go ahead and just push these up on screen so you can see it uh, if you're watching. Uh, but Boca Podcast, B O K E H P O D C A S T, Boca Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook there. And uh, this will go out to the podcast later on today. But this is a series that we're doing very simply uh, focused on the topic of workflow. And as nerdy a topic as that can be, we're trying to minimize the nerdiness. Rich is nodding his head and <laughs> um, and uh, really try to make this a practical conversation. Because the reality is, as I've said before, during Workflow Wednesdays, workflow is literally everything that we do as photography business owners on a day to day basis. And there's very little conversation around the topic of workflow, at least at a practical level, and, and more specifically, how to make our daily workflow more efficient so that we have more time, number one, to build our business, uh, but number two, and probably even more importantly, so that we have freedom to spend time with the important people in our lives. And and really, those, those two items um, kind of encompass what we're all about at Photographer's Edit. And so that's why I'm largely excited about Workflow Wednesday. Uh, I'm also a bit of a, a nerd. I like this topic. Um, I think it's fun to figure out how we can save time, but it has a bigger purpose, which is so that we can focus on our business and then ultimately on the people in our lives. So that's what we're talking about last week and this week both. We're focusing on the topic of image management. And uh, more specifically, last week we talked about how we organize and archive our images on our hard drives and our computers. Uh, more specifically in our hard drives, and if you listen into the last episode, you know what I'm talking about there. It's really important differentiation. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about what we do with our images at a shoot and right after the shoot. We kind of establish a baseline of how we organize our images prior to going to a, a shoot. And, and I thought it was important that we establish that baseline first. But today, we're going to be talking about what do we do with our images when we're at a shoot, when it comes to this idea of managing our images proactively and organizing our images, and then what do we do with those images when we get back from a shoot, from a wedding or an event or a portrait session or otherwise, so that we, again, proactively manage our images in an efficient way uh, and also in a safe way in the sense that we, we make sure that they're archived uh, as long as they need to be. So that's the focus today, image management and uh, and more specifically 
at the shoot or during the shoot and after the shoot. And uh, that's what we're going to dive into today. So, um, guys, I'm curious, first of all, uh, and this is technology that has continued to, I think, evolve, at least to an extent. But Very rapidly. Yeah, I very, very much so. Although I will say, and, and I'll comment on this in a little bit more detail later, um, I'm, I've been in some ways surprised at how slow the technology has progressed uh, when it comes to this. But do you do you photograph with CF cards or SD cards or combination of the above when you're at a shoot? Yeah, uh, both, um, both. I mean, like uh, my, my camera, I mean, I think most uh, modern day professional cameras at least um, shoot with um, both camera, uh, both of them with uh, so so yeah, with my uh, with my uh, my Canon camera, it can do uh, it can actually shoot with a with a compact flash and SD card, and it writes uh, basically writes to both of the cards at the same time. So yeah. Okay, cool. And and forgive me for those of you watching. Maybe we may have even lost some of you. We had a little bit of a a, a connection issue there. Um, but I think we're back live. Rich and Heather, can you hear and see me yeah. okay? I can yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. So you, you said that you're actually writing to both. So mm -hmm. you're, what camera are you shooting with, Rich? Um, so uh, I use a Canon 5D Mark III. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, th there's a Mark IV out there, but, uh, you know, it, Mark III works just fine for me right now. Uh, yeah, that's and that really we could have a probably multiple episode podcast series just on that topic of of ultimately taking advantage of the, the equipment that you already have. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to actually live that very idea with a photography business that I'm starting here very soon. Um, so we may have to get back to that topic. But with with the Canon uh, with the Mark III that you're talking about, does it have the ability to to record a two CF cards or only to a CF card and an SD card? Just to a uh, compact flash card and an SD card. So, okay. so, I, um, so um, it'd be nice to for for two um, CF cards, but no, no, just uh, so just just to a compact flash card and an SD card. Okay, yeah. I know that was something yeah. that Nikon's um, that there was the, the professional series of Nikon bodies, or at least one of the bodies um, in years past, would re actually record to two CF cards. Yeah. What is the what's the thought process for you? And this may be kind of an obvious question, but just for the sake of everyone listening in, we may have different levels of photographers and yeah, uh, yeah. and business owners listening. What is the purpose of recording to a second card? And are you recording the same format to that card when you're shooting? Definitely, definitely. So, uh, so yes, I um, I simply for backup reasons. I mean, like, uh, so if something happens to one card. I have another card um, that uh, that has those images on there. Obviously, um, um, so with the Canon uh, 5D Mark III, um, I only use the SD card only for weddings, um, and, and therefore, and just for a good reason. One, it's very important to uh, when shooting weddings to have a a, a, a backup um, while you're shooting, so because those images you're capturing, you can't replicate, you can't go back and reshoot. Sure. You know? um, and so, it's very, very important. Very important. The reason why I don't use them for like any other kind of shoot, like uh, especially for an engagement session or for a family, um, um, there the SD card, at least on on my camera, um, it it doesn't the camera cannot write data as fast as it can to the compact flash card. So if I if I do a burst of images, um, then all of a sudden my camera will start will stop shooting until it actually can start write uh, finish writing the data to those those cards, and so uh, and so um, so yeah I mean sometimes it becomes a problem uh, for for some weddings if something exciting is happening and I got to capture a lot of stuff, um, but for the most part it's no big deal. 
Um, so, but I see it, I find that that kind of slows me down when I'm on a, on a game session. But again, my game session is less, is critical. less critical because again, like if I do completely mess up, I mean, I can call them and say, let's do it again, you know? Um, but for, Not that that's ever happened. Yeah, it's never happened before, but. but <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> it happens all the time. <laughs> We're professionals, hire us. Exactly, yes. So, uh, so basically, yeah, um, um, Canon, in fact, uh, they didn't change it for, for the, the Mark IV as well, which, which a lot of photographers are, 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 are kind of upset with because they can't, there is a, a writer, you can put uh, a nicer, basically, you can write data to the SD card faster, but Canon re, um, did not do it. Um, and so um, we're hoping that the Mark V will have like a very fast reader, so I can so I can keep so it can write data to to uh, to to the cards much uh, as fast as I want to. You know, so but so right two, now two questions in regards to that. Number yeah. one, is there a reason not to uh, to shoot or to put JPEG files on the SD card while shooting RAW to CF, or maybe maybe the camera can't even do that? Um, well, I'll, actually, I'll let you answer that first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I believe it can. I just am not interested in it. I, I want to. Okay. I just want a complete duplicate uh, of of whatever I'm shooting, so that again, if my primary uh, uh, card completely corrupts, then I have a backup in the SD card. So I'm just not completely. And yeah, I mean, like the 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 uh, the JPEG might work, but um, but uh, and we can we'll 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 be talking about this a little bit later. But I have a huge SD card, 128 gig uh, SD card, wow. um, um, so that I never have to change it out ever at, at a wedding. I, I never touch it. So while he's changing out those CF cards, which we're going to talk about those more specifically in a yeah. second, that SD card stays in the whole wedding day. The whole wedding day. Yep. Okay. Do you have, when you're talking about how slow that, that, that SD card writes sometimes, mm -hmm. does that actually stop your camera from being able to capture frames or will it, will it continue to shoot through it and just buffer? No, how does no. it work? Yeah. It, yeah. I'll, I'll hit the shutter button and nothing happens. Um, and, um, but like, uh, and so, yeah, it will, it, it will basically not do anything until it's writes, uh, at least it, it, it gets enough memory so I can actually take another photo. So Wow. What's uh, the buffer on that? Is it like six, seven, eight uh, images? About, about nine images. Um, okay. uh, so, uh, and so if I'm taking a, a burst, again, it's very rare. Um, and so that I don't have to, I don't really worry about it that much, okay. but it's very rare where, where like, where like it becomes a problem. I was going to say, you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't but, consider it a constant frustration. Right. And, and uh, even it does become a problem, I'm capturing enough where my, my clients have no idea, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm also I'm taking lots of photos. And so I'm capturing what I'm, they need me to capture. So, okay. Yeah. Now do you, so how many, you said you have one SD card, and, um, and and by the way, for those of you listening in, normally I kind of lend my two cents on, on, on the answers to these questions as well. But since Rich and Heather are more active in their photography at the moment, um, we're going to we're going to focus on them and, and their experience um, for, for today. But you mentioned only writing to one SD card throughout the day because you've got that massive 128 gig card. Uh, oh, that's yeah. pretty incredible. And that is where technology has progressed pretty significantly. Look at that. Look at that. So for those of you not actually watching on Facebook Live, Rich just held up the SD card. This is a little bit of an inside joke because last week we were comparing, or maybe it was two weeks ago, we were comparing the size of our external hard drives. Yes. Um, at the time, I was I had the smaller hard drive, so I won that contest. But yes, an SD card definitely is quite small. But to that point, you're able to, to 
only um, have to use one SD card during the day. Is that the same case with the CF card or do you change those out as well? Yeah, I mean, I could. I could. I mean, like they may make 128 uh, gig uh, uh, CF cards. Um, and so uh, um, I just, I, I like using F, uh, uh, CF cards. And so, um, but I don't want to put, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. I mean, basically the yeah. whole, whole, whole idea. So, so, uh, so yeah, they're, they're the S. I'll put my hand up. For, for and and for, um, those, for those not actually getting to watch on Facebook Live, will you tell us what brand you're using and um, maybe the, the writing speeds as well? Yeah. So, uh, so, um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you, uh, you, we get the most expensive professional grade, uh, <laughs> highest grade memory cards we can pull, but no, that money can buy. Simply because, again, like uh, I, have this, I have this one wedding. And hopefully she won't listen to this. But uh, um, I had a I had a second shooter one time for a wedding a long time ago, about eight years ago. And um, and she she had, she had bought some some uh, some memory cards, um, because uh, at at a at a, a Kmart, and uh, uh, on that and and uh, on that wedding day, uh, two of her cards quit working, um, and uh, so the complete com- been completely worthless. And so uh, and so it, it's so critical to use quality cards. And so we we buy the highest grade. Uh, for the Lex, uh, these, these are Lexar. I think Lexar quit making uh, cop-like flashcards. I, I think um, so. Um, but yeah, I think that was that happened. What a couple of years ago, two or three years last, ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Last year, yeah. I, think, I think it was okay. last year. But uh, okay. but this was Lexar professional. You may still uh, see them out there um, someplace. Uh, but uh, but if not, then I'll use that SanDisk. SanDisk. Um, so uh, the SanDisk, I use the um, the Extreme Pro. The Extreme Pro, not just a regular Pro. <laughs> they have, I think they have an average pro, but I use the extreme pro. You know? so, uh, Who wants to be average anyway? I mean, come on, you know, you know, the semi pro, you know, no, no, I use the extreme the pro. The extreme pro. Yeah. Okay. And, and again, uh, uh, memory is not actually not that expensive. I, I mean, like, even the this 32 gig, I think it's like 70 bucks like that. I mean, like, but wow. again, for, for um, this is a 32 gig. Um, the nicest they can uh, you can have, you know, and so uh, um, yeah, I remember. I think that the last set of CF cards that I used actively, and the last time I shot uh, a wedding was 2012. Um, they were probably like eight gig or 12 gig, and probably a good 250 bucks, maybe even oh, yeah. more than that for yeah. for a, a nice card like you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the technology in that sense has definitely improved oh, yeah. significantly, and of course, costs come down with that, which is really yeah. awesome. Oh yeah, and also you just want the quality because again, I, I've been shooting for ten years now, and, and never, never have uh, any of my memory cards. And I use, I mean, I shoot hundreds of weddings. I mean, like yeah. not one time, not one time has a memory card failed ever. Um, and so, um, and, and so, yeah, it's great. it's great. Okay, so you've got uh, so how many CF cards then are you taking? Because you said you like to switch them out. How many total are yeah. you taking with you so, uh, to a wedding? Yeah, so I shoot with two two cameras at all times. Okay. Uh, I have a primary camera, a second secondary camera, but they're on my body at all times. And so uh, my my main my main uh, uh, I use thirty two gigs. Uh, um, so uh, for a wedding, um, I will kind of go through about um, a little less than two of these. So uh, so I will switch one of these out um, in, uh, halfway through the wedding, and and um, and so uh, and then I'll put another thirty two gig in there. And that should be and that that's 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 about about what I shoot. For my 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 secondary um, camera, I uh, use 16 gigs, half half the size. Um, okay. This is where I, um, this is the camera I use with my wide angle lens. 
um, the primary one I use my 7200, my beautiful 7200, and, uh, and so I use that whole whole lot. And so so yeah, um, and so this uh, um, and so again for my wide angle with a 16 gig, I go about um, two of these a, a wedding as well. So and so about four um, about four uh, memory cards per wedding um, for wow. me just just for me. Um, now, and so. And I, our clients actually hire me by the hour. So the average client is going to hire me for about two hours. And that's typically about what I shoot. We have a wedding coming up where I'm, I've been hired for five hours. But typically, I'll shoot for just a couple of hours. My primary objective is to capture just, all Just to clarify, Heather, when you're talking about hiring you for the X number of hours, you're coming in as a second photographer to Rich. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in the early days of our business... I, we kind of came as a team. It wasn't any extra cost for me. And we realized that there were, we had to put a higher value on my time. And that's when we started deciding we have kids at home, babysitting, being away all day, that, that all gets really, we just decided at some point that the right decision for us was to have our clients hire me by the hour to kind of put a value on my time Mm -hmm. to make it, um, when I am there, I'm actively engaged. I'm doing my job. And then I leave when I'm no longer needed. And I think that that's worked really, really well for us. So typically for the average wedding, my job is to capture the details at the reception while Rich is out with the bride and groom. I'm at the reception site before any of the guests get there after the ceremony. I'm documenting all the details at the reception. And so I'll typically go with a 16 gig card. And that's plenty for me for what I'm doing for the average wedding. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Now I'm curious because where, where technology doesn't seem to have improved a whole lot is file size. You know, as cameras increase the, the, uh, the resolution at which they're photographing or capturing files, these files get larger. And now we're talking about probably triple or even quadruple, maybe even more in some cases, yeah. the amount of file um, space that, that you're capturing or that, that you're going to be taking up with all of these files that you're capturing in comparison to when I shot last, uh, which is, Kind of surprising to me that, that that technology hasn't improved. But regardless, how many gig worth of files together uh, would you guys say are all together? Would you say that you're capturing at an average wedding day? Let's let's do wedding day and portrait session both. Yeah, that's a good question. I know the number of files we typically end up with, but I don't know if I know the equivalent <laughs> of that. And, <laughs> uh, well, okay, so let's go to the number of files. Let's start there then. How about for a wedding and then for an average portrait session? Yeah, for the average file, for at least my camera, um, it would be about uh, it's about 25 to 40 gigs, uh, megs, sorry, per file. Um, so I say, yeah, gigs. Yes, <laughs> it's an extremely high-resolution camera. Um, no, uh, um, so uh, I'm getting out yeah. my calculator here as, as we're yeah, talking, so exactly. math, but go, so, ahead, go ahead. About an average, maybe about 30, 30, um, 30 megs per, per file. Okay. And for for uh, an average wedding, maybe 2,500 files. 2,500 yeah. files, so we're talking about 75 gig. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, yeah. and, then, and then how many uh, images for a portrait session? Um, five to five 600. Five to 600, yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. five to 600, is that within like what a two hour portrait session mm-hmm. or so? Mm-hmm. Well, one to two hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, but what happens with, uh, with, with engagement sessions is that um, over, over time about, and after three months, um, I'll go back and, um, and I will delete all the photos that, um, that I, I didn't use in their engagement session. So, um, so I, I may have called, called out maybe 50 to 100 images. And, um, and so all the other ones that I didn't use are get erased and I, I reclaim uh, that space on the hard drive. So I don't have to, you know, because again, I don't want to, I want my hard drive to be, be filled up with a bunch of raw files I'll never ever use. Um, right. So, um, but, I, but I don't do that for weddings because, simply because, 
because you, I, I never, I mean, I'm just paranoid that a client will will contact me a year. My grandfather died. Well, do you have any happened. other? Do you have any other photos of that? I, I mean, sure. that happened like a couple any times. other okay. thing that you know? Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, sure, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'll go through the raw files again. But uh, but for an engagement session or for a family session or for for a commercial mm-hmm. shoot, um, I delete the, those files that I don't use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So in that case, then if you've got all of these files. And I'm getting a little bit of a feedback or echo. If, if you can just make sure that the earbuds are plugged in all the way, that'd be awesome. Yep. yep. Uh, uh, but with with these files, do you have a particular, are, are you able to name the files? And the reason I ask um, is because I know that shooting Nikon back in the day, uh, we had the ability to be able to rename files when, um, or actually in camera. Mm-hmm. So my business partner that I was photographing with would name it one way and then I'd name mine another way. And it was kind of a fun thing because at the end of the day, we'd get back, we'd, we'd look at these files and the ones that we really liked, then it was like, well, who, who captured that image? Oh yeah, we have the same. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so we can actually yeah. differentiate, but do you guys do the same thing? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So uh, so Heather has her, her camera and I have my cameras. And so uh, and so yeah, for hers, um, it, 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 uh, um, in, in the metadata, it makes the creator HS her her initials, and for me it's um, RS. And so, um, so yeah, if I if I actually use uh, if I use a second shooter uh, that does, um, then I'll actually go in in Lightroom when I import their images. I will then um, I manipulate the, the metadata so uh, so to actually make their um, put it put in their initials as well. So so yeah. Yeah. So this is something that you're doing in in metadata, though, and not the actual f- name of the the file. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm going to completely change the, the name of the file um, at um, in in Lightroom. So. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. since we're talking about that, why do you change the file in Lightroom as opposed to just adding a, like a prefix in front of the original file name uh, for the sake of ordering the images? Because I want all the files um, when when I collect. Um, all of my files from both my cameras, all of Heather's files, um, um, for, and then and then I put them all into one folder. I want all of those to be sequ- uh, sequential order, chronological, uh, chronological mm-hmm. order. So um, and so and so obviously her camera doesn't know how many I've shot, you know that kind of stuff. So so at the end, uh, so if you look at all the raw files um, and from a wedding day, um, it'll it'll go it'll it'll look like it'll look like sequential data zero 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 one two. All the way to two thousand five five hundred, um, and then at the, at the end of that file name will have um, either my name, my initials, or Heather's initials on on, on the end file name. So, so okay. So a um, couple of questions to that. Number one, if you're renaming those files in Lightroom, um, that's overwriting the actual file name on the hard drive. That's correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. So those are the so you you rewrite um, or you rename the files before you back them up. Oh yeah, to, to oh, yeah. external hard drive. Okay. I even made, um, this is show and tell, by the way. This is what it looks like right there. Boom. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so for people who are are not watching the video, um, the 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 first part of the file name, um, I'll put the year, then the month and the day, and then I'll do the sequential order right here. And, and then you're, you're separating that with an underscore. So it, it says two zero one eight. Of course, the year, like you said, zero four two five, April twenty fifth. Underscore and then the uh, four-digit, uh, I guess. Yeah, sequential order. Sequential yeah. order of, of the image in this case zero 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 one. Yep, 
And um, and then at the end is the uh, the creator, which is RS for my initials or HS for whoever whoever shot with me. It would be their initials at the end, so I can quickly see who who shot and who can blame for all the blurry photos. Um, yeah. so, uh, so um, <laughs> or who gets to take credit for the really awesome ones? <laughs> or exactly, exactly. Actually, I mean to not get credit for images. never ever this okay funny story this is a little offbeat but, but <laughs> off topic here exactly my, um the, the name of my photography business um heather was not a, a, a photographer when i started my photography business and and i named it rich smith photography i don't have that much i don't have that much creativity so um and so uh um so now when i put or if, if i put something on instagram and i give amazing like i glowing you know that Heather shot this this photo. I mean, inevitably, people will be like, "Nice shot, Rich," and a uh, beautiful shot, Rich, and like, like no one never. <laughs> and Heather's, like, Heather's like, "I shot that." Oh, my goodness. And so, uh, so she yeah, never. I have she, to do for she, a little like, bit of credit. Exactly, she never gets credit because of just the name of my my uh, my business. So, but have have you looked for like have you considered other domain names like richandheather.com or or something like that? Are those available? We, we have like, we, we have richandheathersmith.com, but that's such a long domain yeah. name. Such a long yeah. domain name. Yeah, and I like I'm fine with the name of the business i think it's great i think it works for the fact that rich is the primary photographer and You're securing I'm, identity heather yeah no i'm secure i'm secure i'm a she, confident she, woman she goes she goes to bed i don't need a business se- seething not <laughs> <laughs> for me it's okay oh i play a supportive supplementary role and and that's how i like it so nice and nice. by the way we're talking about your your photography business a lot today for those of you listening in or watching it's richsmithphotography.com Mm-hmm. Uh, is the website you guys make sure you go check out Rich and Heather's work. Um, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Okay. So these we these files are. About, we were talking oh. about image chronology, and I yeah. feel like there was a point that we were going to make here. Yeah, about, so, uh, about camera synchronization. Yeah. So so before I I actually um, shoot a wedding, um, we I take all of our cameras and then I I make sure that I sync up the time. Um, on all the cameras, so every single camera that we have has the exact same time on on there. Mm-hmm. So again, when I when I when I order by capture time in Lightroom, it will be completely exactly in order. Yeah, um, because that gets really frustrating when you import those and then sort by capture time, and they're all over the all, place. All, all yes. over the place. Do you, so, have any, do you have any trick for this the resetting the time? Like I, I still re- again, I'm just going to go um, kind of old school, but back mm-hmm. to the days when I was shooting. Um, it was like, all right, get the cameras out. What time is it? Or you know, look at the phone. What time is it? And then we're gonna set the the uh, the time, and then get ready. Okay, get ready. Oh, and then hit okay at uh-huh. the same like hit the okay button at the same time. It seems like they would improve technology, so it would make this whole process like natural, automatically syncing with your phone or something like that. But I, I, I mean, again, maybe maybe the Fuji or the Sony, uh, Sony, they they seem to be you know with with their more technology. progressive. For, uh, you know, a little bit faster, but yeah. um, um, but mine does not connect to the internet, and so uh, and so um, it's manual. A, so so yeah, if I have actually a second shooter, if I have a second shooter that's not Heather, I'll ask them to actually um, to sync up their camera. To okay. if you go to time.gov, time.gov, um, it will give like the universal uh uh you know time you know and i will sync up as well so we i know that we are we we are both syncing up to the exact same time as well most phones these days i think are all synchronized to something comparable to that right yeah yeah, i I know but um who i i I can't i don't know i mean like uh you know they they may have a 
I might have an iPhone. They may have a, you know, one of those not iPhones, whatever they are. And, <laughs> whatever uh, they're called. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know, you know, those, those, bu- those buggy phones, you know. So, um, so anyway, it, it, I just know if we go to the exact same source, it'll, it'll look, it would look be the same, the same thing. So, okay. So, yeah, yeah, it works out. All right. So you um, bring those. So uh, let's go back to at the shoot though, because I think maybe I kind of jumped ahead slightly. So we're talking about the file naming scheme and I only assume that, are, are you actually doing that in camera or all file renaming is happening after the fact? All, all file renaming is happen, happening in Lightroom. So in Lightroom, okay. Yeah, I import, I import them. But you're setting the metadata settings on the camera to, to attach mm-hmm. that initial to mm-hmm. the metadata so you know whose mm-hmm. files are which? Yeah. Okay, yep. got it, got yeah. it. Um, so and, and, that, and I can change that metadata in Lightroom as well. I mean, again, because sure. I, I may not have the control of a, of a second shooter uh, who's using a camera that I, I'm not aware of. So, uh, so, but yeah, um, I can, in Light in Lightroom I can sort out all the images from a particular particular serial number of a camera, and right. and I can then just select all of them and, and quickly um, tell tell a different creator uh, initial, um, you know. So yeah. Okay. Well, um, while you're there at the shoot, um, you've, you've set your, your metadata settings for the camera. You're shooting on your, your CF, your SD cards, if you're at a wedding or just a CF card, or you're at a portrait session. Yep. Um, as you fill up that card or those cards, are you then downloading cards immediately to an external hard drive while you're there? Or are you just saving those cards to, to download for later? How does, what's that part of your yeah. workflow? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just, I wait, I, I put them in a, in a pouch. Um, that's on my belt, and this is a very, very important thing. I never, ever, ever when I'm changing out my uh, my my cards, I never ever put them down ever. Um, and in ten years that I've I've been shooting, I've never put a, a, a compact flash card on a table. Um, is this the equivalent of a, a fancy fanny pack, Rich? Is, is that Heather's laughing there? <laughs> hey, 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 hey! No, I'm laughing because this is a common sight. Yeah, yeah. I um, I will, I will carry them. Uh, Heather, yeah, they both have CF cards in their mouth yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a little so, scary sight. So yeah, so uh, I hope they're waterproof. I, I will, I will put it in my mouth. Uh, put put the uh, put the the fresh one in the camera and then put this back into the pouch. And so again, I, I never put it on because if, if I that's I'm, so common nature for him to never put a to never put a memory card down at a wedding when he's changing out CF cards. Okay. He will not put uh, he will not put one down when he's at home. He will put it between his lips, like what I just showed you. <laughs> <I'm moving forward laughs> it, there, it's like, so ingrained <laughs> in his mind. This is funny. It seems to be an inside joke. You were smiling, Heather, before he was even finished with the sentence. But I have to ask: Do you have? I mean, you were doing show and tell earlier. Do you have the uh, the fanny pack, the fancy CF? Oh yeah, I can show show off. Let him step away for a second and grab that for you. Yeah, we need to add some extra value for those who are who who watch this on Facebook Live. Absolutely, that's right. Incentive. You guys got to watch us live. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on. This is show and tell, man, guys. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I use I use a uh, a spider holster. So this whole thing goes goes around me, and I can I can attach my camera to to this right here. And so, I will say for photographers who aren't using this, Rich used to be physically exhausted after a, after a full day of shooting whenever he used um, any kind of over-the-shoulder, crossbody, any type of uh, lens care, lens bag. Oh, yeah. Couldn't even uh, walk the next day. Before he switched to the spider holster, keeping the, the cameras and the lenses on his hips, on his waist, and he's been in much better shape since on my, then. On my hips. On so. my hips. So, uh, so yeah. But uh, on here, on the belt, um, this is where I got uh, from my friend Corey McNabb. 
Um, and so uh, this is also, I'm not even sure you can even bother to see more, but yeah, but like opens up to this, this right here. And so it has a little flag right here. So if, if the, uh, if the, the card is not used, the flag is actually tuck, tucked in. And then, um, and then uh, when I use it, I will turn it um, backwards like this instead of frontwards. If it's in here like this, that means it's unused. If it's in here like this with the, uh, let me stick it in there like that. Uh, it's better. It's easier on my hip, and then I, and then the and then the the, the, uh, the flag comes out. So uh, so I, I know that I can't get into it. So uh, okay. So so, so yeah, it's um, the only little problem with it is is Velcro, and and uh, and, and uh, there's been a couple of times during the ceremony um, that it's like really quiet. And I'm like trying to change it. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like trying to do it. should I do it fast or slow? Like should I do it? It's like ripping off the band-aids. Just, oh oh man. Yeah. So, uh, so, I, again, like that's that's the kind of stuff that I, I think would have improved by now. I wonder if there's a, a well, different I mean, solution I for that. For, I, I gotta have this thing for, for eight, ten years. I mean like I don't, okay. I, again, I don't even know if you can buy it anymore. I got I uh, I went to a workshop for, with in Corey, with Corey McNabb. I don't even know if he's I don't think he's a photographer anymore. He's a painter. So, uh, but but he uh, but he showed that to me. I'm like, that's the coolest thing ever. So I well, bought, it bought one. Keeps the cards secure. Oh yeah, right. it's great. It's, it's great. It folds over. It's great. Heather, Heather has one that is sexy. It's like leather. It's black leather <laughs> and it's beautiful. Oh, <laughs> oh man. And um, so, but it, yeah, it's kind of like a sexy fanny pack. But I mean, like, but it really is. It's kind of like it's a fanny pack, you know. So oxymoron. But so okay. so, but she never. Used, she never. Yeah, I think Heather has a point there. <laughs> she, she never. Hey, if you saw it. Hey, hey, don't judge. You haven't seen it yet. So, uh, fair enough, um, fair but, enough. Uh, she, she never uses it because she only uses one, one, uh, card, uh, almost, she never ever uses, it's rarely rare. rare. That she, it's very rare that she actually uses more than one card. So, well, we'll make sure to link to the spider holster product in the show notes uh, for awesome. the podcast. If you guys just go to Boca podcast, B O K E H podcast.com, uh, you'll see the show notes. We'll release this episode later today, probably by yeah. five o'clock or so. Yeah. Uh, you, but we need to get sponsored by it, man. Uh, absolutely. We should, we should try to get some giveaways or something. Again, for those of you who aren't actually watching Facebook Live, uh, go back and, and just go to the Photographer's Edit website, or I'm sorry, Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com slash Photogs Edit, P-H-O-T-O-G-S-E-D-I-T, uh, Photogs Edit. Uh, you can watch this video and watch Rich and Heather do their show and tell. <laughs> um, that'll be that'll be great. But uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, just very quickly, the Spider Holster allows you to be able to uh, hook something onto, or there's an, an accessory that you mm -hmm. screw into your uh, tripod mount on your camera that then allows you to just kind of drop the camera on your waist, as mm -hmm. Rich was explaining earlier. And uh, so you can put that second camera down, shoot with the other one, and then go back to the other camera and, and trade them off if, if need be. Mm -hmm. And uh, makes it really easy to, to take around two cameras. So yeah, we'll make oh, yeah. sure to link to that in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Now, while you're there on site, you've got all these these flashcards, um, mm -hmm. and I think we were getting to this, but do you have some way of backing these images up on site, or are you waiting until you get home to offload those, those files? Yeah, I mean, simply because I um, um, the images are uh, writing to two cards at the same time in my yeah. camera. So basically, my, the SD card is my backup. So uh, so um, um, I'm reminded about that really cool device you had when you were shooting, where it looked yeah. like it was like a miniature hard drive that had a, S, uh, that had a CF card um um you know slide in it and you could actually download it while you're shooting which i thought was the coolest thing ever yeah. um and so and then and then you just have one one little thing that you attach to to when you got home to your to and start transferring with just with one one thing so 
Yeah, that was kind of the idea with that. I'll just mention, and, and I don't even, you know, it's been so long. I don't remember the brand that we were using at the time. I'm not sure that they even exist anymore. They um, don't. We'll, we'll link to, uh, there's there's one I actually just pulled up on Amazon here okay. while you're chatting called a Hyperdrive Color Space. And, and I can't vouch for their reliability or anything. Just as a caveat, I'll add that. But uh, we'll link to in the show notes just so those of you listening in or watching can see what we're referring to. But the idea was, uh, you know, we were shooting at that point with, as many as probably eight, 10, 12 CF cards in a day. And the idea of then having to go manually, individually download files from each CF card that evening or the next day or whatever the case uh, was just so tedious. And I didn't want to go buy a stack of CF card readers. You could stack them and, and, and file or, or push multiple CF cards into these the stack of readers and, and download maybe a little bit more efficiently. I didn't want to buy multiple units. And so I found this external hard drive that had a CF card reader built into it that allowed us to back those files up to this external hard drive on the go uh, while we were at the wedding. So that uh, to Rich's point, when we got back or the, the following day, all we had to do is hook up that individual hard drive to our computer and offload the files. And uh, that was a pretty cool little deal. Again, the, the idea behind these these Workflow Wednesday episodes to begin with is efficiency, trying to come up with the most efficient ways to manage our workflow so we maximize the amount of free time that we have uh, to do what we want. And so um, that was kind of the thought process behind that. I don't know. I'm, honestly, I'm not sure why they never caught on and why there haven't been some kind of mainstream companies that have come up with solutions like that for photographers. But, yeah, that is something that we used to do. Um, and it may even be something that I take advantage of uh, as, as I begin shooting here in the near, near excuse me, near future. Um, but regardless, uh, you said you don't have any hardware on site because you've got the multiple CF cards uh, well, and SD cards. And then what you're actually showing on camera right now, for those of you listening in on the podcast, is that very thing that I referred to, that stack of yes. that's CF card readers, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Hub, yeah. So. Yeah. So as a, as a hub. And so uh, you can you can. You can they they should, they're just daisy chained, and right. uh, and uh, so yeah, you can stick four four of them in there, and um, and so uh, I'm gonna um, they they still make these um, they um, but and those are those are Lexar uh, card yeah, readers right? yeah they're, they're Lexar this is a Lexar one and uh, they still make these and um, the the new ones now though you have to have a have to have an external power source um, on it so um, this you don't I mean you you can you can hook this directly to your 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 um, your your computer and um, without okay. an external um, external um, power source, you don't have to plug it into the wall, you know. And so uh, and so, I really like this one, you know. And I've got to I got to brag about to my I got to brag about myself here. <laughs> okay, go for it. So, there hasn't been any of that happening. I know. Today. I know. <laughs> so, so, so this is pretty old. This is pretty old. This is a a, a FireWire eight hundred. You remember these? And so uh, so that's the connection that has a FireWire eight hundred. Okay, so it's great. So, uh, so I. So, I, so the question is, how long did it take you to find an adapter so you could actually still use that with so, uh, your modern day so, computer? <laughs> oh, That's what man, he wanted you I to love ask. It. I love it. So, uh, so I got a new computer that um, that doesn't have FireWire, right? And so, right. Uh, and so, so, uh, but it did have a Thunderbolt. So I found an adapter for uh, uh, to a FireWire 800 to a Thunderbolt, right? Right, pretty cool. Yeah. Huh? So, <laughs> wait, 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 I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. No, I'm gonna nap real quick. You guys wait. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so we I get this like dongle show and tell time. Now we're yeah. gonna pull out all the yeah. different dongles yeah. that we use so, with our. And so, uh, and so, uh, I get my new computer, and the new computer doesn't have have has only USB C um, things on there, right? So I'm like, either I have to buy a completely brand new one of these. Uh, which is going to cost a whole lot of money. Or I was like, I wonder if 
I couldn't find one that went from from a Firewire 800 to a <laughs> USB C, but I did find one that went from Thunderbolt to USB C. <laughs> so, so this is what it does now. Boom! I have I have two dongles. You got to be kidding me! And you're way too like the giddiness in your voice right now as you're describing this. And, and when I when I plugged it into the computer for the first time and it worked, I was so happy. I was got a bam. Bam. So, uh, so yeah. So I like most of or many of the things that we share on Workflow Wednesday episodes. This is something that I'm not necessarily going to encourage, condone, (laughs) or even suggest. So, uh, so you know, it works. It works. Now, you mentioned that there, there another, there is another solution that you have to actually have a power source for. Is that uh, to to stack multiple cards Mm -hmm. and and feed them into your computer? Is that made by Lexar as well, or is that a different brand? I believe so. I believe Lexar is the only brand that I've ever seen that actually can do the the multiple daisy chain hub type type solution. Um, So, uh, um, the. I, if there is another one out there, please, someone write a note to me. I would love to know. Um, because then I can, I can simplify, simplify all this stuff here. <laughs> because, uh, I mean, like, I, I'm not sure what, what Apple will come up with next, you know? I mean, uh, but I mean, like, uh, but as long as they, they will, they will, uh, as long as I can find an adapter, I go, I'll just add on to this thing. It's going to be, in about five years, it's gonna be so long. So, we'll anyway. be tri- if we ever get together, we'll be tripping over your your daisy chain <laughs> adapter. <laughs> exactly. Set up there. Okay. So you you shoot the, the the wedding, the event, the portrait session, maybe the commercial shoot. You do some shoot for a, a local magazine. You mm-hmm. bring those cards back home, and then you just plug them into that that stacked card reader. Mm-hmm. And what is that that process of downloading the files? And that, is there an immediate backup process? What does that whole process look like for you after the shoot? Yeah, so um, so when I come home, it's normally late at night, and um, I, can, I can take the cards, uh, uh, put them into the little hub thing, and uh, in Lightroom, um, what you can do is, in the import thing, you can tell it to de- just import all four of, of these cards, and and, um, and so it will import it, and it will render um, the images, and I go to bed. And so by the time I wake up the next morning, um, they have been imported um, onto the hard drive, um, and um, and then they've been also rendered as well. They have not been renamed though. Um, um, once I get them sorted into the proper uh, proper order, the capture time, then I will rename it. But that literally takes literally five seconds. It, it, it's no it's no big deal at all. It's really really easy. So and and for those of you listening, in, we're not going to go back and repeat all the conversation from from last week, where Rich explained how he uses external hard drives not only for uh, his ongoing or managing his, his current shoots that he's processing through, but also for the archiving process. Make sure you go back to part one of the series on image management, uh, Workflow Wednesday. You can find it on the book podcast. You can find it on our Facebook page as well uh, and go back to that because it'll give much more context to what Rich is talking about now. But when you're talking about hooking up those card readers and letting it offload those images overnight, that is offloading the images onto the external, your, your active external hard drive that you talked about last week, and also rendering the, the uh, thumbnails, the previews in Lightroom. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people use photo mechanic and um, um, I just, I don't, I don't, I just. But want, again, when you're coming home from a wedding late at night and yeah. you're going to be trained, the images are already, there's already a backup of those images because you've shot to two cards all right. day long. So right. you've already got a backup. You can go to bed knowing your images are already backed up. You're now going to wake up to having them in three different locations, you know? Yeah. 
they're going to be on your external hard drive. They're going to be on your, uh, both of your, both of your cards. So, yes. so, um, and then we're ready to cull when, when, uh, because those images have, have, uh, rendered now. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and I'm glad that you brought up photo mechanic in this, this process mm-hmm. and your workflow specifically, which, uh, is I think very intelligent. First of all, you're minimizing the number of moving parts. We've talked about this idea, at least in the podcast before, uh, and when we're talking about creating a more efficient workflow, one of the, the quickest ways to creating a more efficient workflow is to minimize the number of moving parts in your workflow itself. So you guys have decided not to use the mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think photographers are maybe thinking, um, uh, maybe there's a kind of a tendency or leaning toward immediate gratification almost. Um, I understand the idea that photomechanic processes those raw files mm-hmm. much more efficiently, but now it means that you're going to have to go from photo mechanic to a second piece of software. And um, I, I think I think at this point, the Lightroom has the ability to be able to read the flagging process in photo mechanic if you're using photo mechanic to call. Uh, but personally, I like to minimize the number of moving parts and mm-hmm. just keep the whole workflow in Lightroom. And um, I can go back and see my my whole uh, history for each image there mm-hmm. and the, what I've done with that, that image. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's really, really important to minimize the number of moving parts. So I love that you guys have gone that route. Uh, this is something okay. that I'm going to get behind and promote and encourage. Maybe not <laughs> daisy chaining adapters, but, uh, but, but <laughs> uh, there, there, there is some reason. I mean, like uh, there are photographers who will do uh, day of slideshows, sure, uh, sure. Uh, day of reception, and so they need fast, very quick, uh, um, be able to actually read and 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 look and sort through the, the, those files. So in, in those cases, because it is, it is for the, the your client and for the experience of your client. Um, then, mm-hmm. then I understand that. That's just not something we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, um, but I totally I understand for some some photographers' workflow. You know, they might they need the speed, but for for, for our workflow, it's not so important. And, and, and I'm glad that you also make that point, Rich. It's good. Um, there there isn't generally an all or nothing solution to, to pretty much anything. And and mm-hmm. it's 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 a good point that you make, which is that not everybody's actual workflow the day of might be the same. I will add a caveat even to that though, is that if you import images, let's say um, you know that you wanna create a slideshow of images at a wedding, for example, and this is something we used to do at weddings and it was a big, big hit mm-hmm. um, as a general rule, but you could you could import a card of uh, images from the portrait portion of the day mm-hmm. and uh, import it at a small preview size and do so very, very quickly and then actually take those images into the slideshow module and now you've got that whole process built into one piece of software in Lightroom, um, or, or, or shoot, or shoot JPEG and RAW, and then just import the JPEGs, which we, which we, much, much faster. So yeah, there, there's there's solutions to that too. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and that's and that's that's a great point as well. Um, but the, going back to your original point, which is that you let those images, uh, the, the previews load and build overnight. This is something that you can do even if you're going to go shoot a portrait session, come home and. You want to process those images or cull through those images before you send them to photographer's edit, not before you process them yourself. <laughs> um, big caveat. Uh, but before you do that, you, you could you could actually import the process or import the images and walk away and get some coffee or have lunch or mm-hmm. go hang out with your kids for uh, a few minutes and come yeah. back. And your your day, your workflow hasn't been hurt as a result. And now you've only had to purchase one piece of software and you've only had to figure out one uh, piece of uh, actual image processing software for the sake of your workflow. And um, that's important to note too. So uh, again, efficiency here is the thought process. Fast 
uh, and in a more immediate manner isn't necessarily always the best thing. And I think that applies to many things in life. And we'll leave that topic at that. Yes. Uh, Ooh, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, going back to this, this backup process. So you've, you've let them load overnight. Um, those have loaded into the folder structure that you talked about last week, uh, yep. part one of this image management series before the shoot. And that's it. And then you said you go to the culling process. Go ahead and talk us talk to us a little bit about how you cull and then what that workflow looks like from there where you send the, the files to photographers edit for processing. Well, I love our culling process because we get to be a team and we have teams. <laughs> Rich, that Rich is, is giving the almost the uh, what, what is it? The necessary smile there. Is that, is that genuine yeah. happiness, Rich? Or what is that that expression? Sure, sure. I, I love culling. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what we do love about calling is that um, our first our first call through is for photographers edit. Basically, we're going through and we're picking P with a P through Lightroom. For, every, for photographers edit. That's, every that's, P image, stands for photographers edit. So. Every <laughs> image in this wedding that we plan to send to photographers edit. We've done it before where we've tried to call at the same time for photographers edit and for the blog. And that tends to not work as well because... Um, when you're calling for the blog, you don't know what's ahead still in the calling process. But when you've called all the way through the wedding for photographer's edit, you've gotten to the end. You kind of know what's there. You get a sense for what's there. And then the second time through, we work for the blog. But what I was saying we love about calling is that we tag team. So we work from home. We have two kids. And we will um, – what's the uh, software that we use when we set the timer? We'll actually call in 25-minute increments. So there's someone calling at, 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 at all times until the wedding is done. But whoever isn't calling can take care of whatever else around the house, hang out with the kids, do the dishes, do the laundry, whatever. And so at all times, there's something productive happening as far as calling is concerned. But there's also this free time or, or, or time that we're able to focus on something else. And I love that because that, that tag teaming allows our brains to kind of rest in between. So, um, so and, I, and I like this. I, I... I'm a huge fan of kind of breaking up work for the sake yeah. of maximizing yeah. your, your focus and efficiency when you are actually doing the work. Exactly. And exactly. Uh, again, it's, it's capitalizing on the freedom, the flexibility that we have as entrepreneurs to kind of make our schedule what we want it to be. But how and, long does it, it yeah. by, by kind of utilizing this approach, this workflow, this method, how long does it take you to call through a 2,500 image wedding? Uh, we would typically each have two 25 minute increments and be done. Really? Wow. Yeah, okay. Each of us. Yeah. We would each take a 25 minute. Yeah. We would alternate. So each of us, we're usually done calling the wedding in about two, four, four increments of that. Yeah. I, I'm, so, I'm a, I'm a faster think, caller, by the way. About um, two hours. She's, she's about a better, she's a better caller. I'm a faster caller. I, I am a little bit more deliberate with my calling. I tend to go a little slower. He's very quick. But then I make I make some mistakes with eyes being closed. But 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 Heather <laughs> Heather, Heather, Heather Heather catches them. Heather catches them. So, uh, so uh, yeah, yeah. It was, well, it was. And, and just again, for further clarification, when you were talking about the P key earlier, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Lightroom keyboard shortcuts, um, using Lightroom for your image processing workflow, if you use, if you literally click on the click on the letter P on your keyboard, that will flag the image and. Uh, not every single keyboard shortcut uh, in Lightroom is it starts with or is represented by a letter that actually reflects what it does. In this case, P for pick actually makes sense. And um, so, yeah, P, it will you choose the image and by by clicking on that P key, it actually gives that image in Lightroom visually a white flag. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that you've chosen that image and you can filter for those images that you've picked 
Mm -hmm. um, either immediately for the sake of you know, sending images to photographers edit or later on, if you need to go back and see which images were chosen and you need to process them for the blog or otherwise, um, that is what that P key does. So you've, you've gone through, you've called through these images. And again, that's a pretty quick workflow. I know that calling is a, is a struggle for a lot of photographers and mm -hmm. photographers edit. We see last I checked about 80% of the, the files that we get coming in are for color correction only. So most photographers are doing their own calling. Mm -hmm. They feel like they're familiar with the day. Um, they're, they want to make sure that the images that they know based on their interaction, their relationship with the client uh, are actually chosen and right. um, they're not delegating that piece of it to photographers edit. And then they send the rest. So once you've called your images, then what do you do to, to get those images to photographers edit? I go to photographersedit.com. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to sound like a commercial, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, then, then I, I, uh, um, I filter just for, for the flags, uh, flag photos and uh, or the picked photos yes. and um and then um and then i i then um export them to a separate catalog and uh in there in lightroom you can then uh, choose to um also include the smart uh smart uh previews, previews. Smart yeah, yeah. previews yeah 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 uh, which photographers edit needs and um and so uh so basically then we end up with two files um and when and then i can i can then Take those two files and then I combine them, basically zip them up into one file, yep. um, uh, compress them um, in Mac terms, and then I then I send that file to, to Photographer's Edit, and a couple of days later, and have a life. Bam, you know, go, <laughs> mow, go, go mow the yard, go take a bike ride with my family. For real, I mean, like yeah. Literally. Nathan, I won a bike yesterday. I, I saw riding. that on, on Instagram oh, and so Facebook. Cool. It's, it's, it's I awesome. can ride my bike because of photographers. Exactly. <laughs> like, now we have something to do. We were just around, you know, you know, thumbing, then, our, thumbing our fingers, you know. But we have found that um, once we get that sent off to edit, we can then focus on the blog. So we just do a quick, it's, it's much quicker culling the second time because we're culling for the blog. And by that, we hit the number six as a keyboard shortcut. That's going to make those images red that we can then filter for those images that we've chosen for the blog. We can edit those images. So yesterday we called for photographers edit for our um, for our wedding this weekend, and today but, we're going to be calling for the blog and getting yeah, a blog up for our clients. Yeah, during during tomorrow. that, I'll also five star images that I want to include in my portfolio, maybe on my website. Like like I want to highlight either for social media or for my website. I will also five star like okay ex ex mm -hmm. exceptional photos. You know, mm -hmm. so I'll say I'm going to include those in my, in my blog. And of course, that would be the majority of the images. I mean, I mean, right? I mean, I mean like thirty <laughs> or forty. I mean, I mean, come on, you know, so. Well, and, and for, again, for those of you who aren't familiar with using Lightroom keyboard shortcuts as part of your workflow in Lightroom, uh, having the, the P key, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking about this is very similar to the, the workflow that I used to teach photographers. Uh, I'm, I can put my index finger on the P key. I can put my pinky finger on that five star, the, the number five key for giving five star rating uh, or the six key for the red flag that you're talking about. So your, your hand, you can just keep your hand there, use mm -hmm. your right hand for the arrow keys to cycle through the images and work really, really quickly in that calling process by doing that. Yeah, or if you keep the cap lock key on, it'll actually forward, you know, every time you, you flag a photo, it would, it would, it would, it would go to the next photo. Automatically advance. Yeah. Yep. yeah, automatically advance. So, mm -hmm. so whatever, whatever is most comfortable for, for sure. So. Well, and, and I'll just add this too. I know we were kind of laughing about the shameless plug of, photo of, of, of photographers edit earlier. We rarely actually talk about photographers edit on our podcast and, and even the workflow Wednesday series. Um, just for the sake, again, of those not familiar with Lightroom and how this process might work, Lightroom has the ability to be able to export what Rich was referring to as smart previews. And basically they're like miniature raw files. 
And the cool thing about that is, you know, whereas just a few years ago to upload a wedding to Photographer's Edit or to, to anyone, uh, to have it processed was a much more lengthy process, a uh, resource intensive process, because, you know, we're talking about gigs worth of data that you get to transfer. Now with these smart preview files that Rich was talking about, you can, it, it's about 10% the size of the original raw file. So the transfer process of those, the, the Lightroom catalog and the smart previews to Photographer's Edit is so much more uh, efficient. And so you zip those folders, those images up into a folder. And with that, then you can just, you can drop it into Dropbox or Google Drive or something comparable and share a link. And it's really easy to actually deliver the files. And that, again, we're, we're talking about efficiency and it's really, really important for that, for that purpose. I remember, so. we, used to, I remember we used to mail off hard drives. Oh yeah. Hard drives oh yeah. Back in the day. And, you know, I don't miss that workflow. The only thing that I do miss is the ability to be able to stick jelly bellies in the oh, yeah. uh, in, in the yeah. boxes that we'd send the hard drives back. You can still send them to us. Just, <laughs> you know, just Fair an, enough. An, an empty photo, an empty envelope with just jelly bellies. Yeah, yeah for, for those of you who have been with Photographer's Edit for a long time, you remember, uh, as Rich and Heather were talking about, we used to offer the option to send your images via hard drive so you didn't have to upload them. This was before smart previews. And um, and then when we sent the hard drive back, uh, we would include a small package of Jelly Bellies. Jelly Bellies are one of my favorite candies. Um, I actually had the opportunity to to talk and and even uh, give it business advice. Uh, it sounds funny, but to the the original inventor of Jelly Beans or Jelly Bellies. I didn't know that. Yeah, so there's there's a bit of a backstory there as well. Maybe a conversation for another time, but. Uh, really interesting guy. And actually, there was a documentary on Netflix uh, about this guy who invented Jelly Bellies called The Candyman. And um, I don't know if it's still on Netflix or not. You guys can check that out. But uh, anyway, there's a little backstory. But yeah, I remember I remember uh, how much I enjoy being able to send those to photographers. And we would actually get messages from photographers are like, you didn't include my jelly beans. My kids were you know, hoping to oh, get no. the jelly beans or whatever. It was pretty funny. But Oh, that's great. I love it. I love it. We need to be able to virtually send jelly bellies. Exactly. Now, so now. Exactly. Uh, Someone there, there, invent there's a solution. There's a solution. Teleportation for candy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, I, I, we've done a brilliant job again this week of landing on almost exactly an hour um, here. We're going to go ahead and finish up the conversation. I think this, again, it's been very, very practical and I think helpful for those, especially that don't have an established image management workflow in place. Uh, if you didn't get to hear episode number one or part one of the image management series on Workflow Wednesday, make sure you go back to the last episode and you can do that either at the Boca podcast, B-O-K-E-H podcast on Instagram or Facebook and uh, or just go to bocapodcast.com. You can also go back to the Workflow Wednesday, the live video at facebook.com slash photogs edit, P-H-O-T-O-G-S-E-D-I-T. There you go. Uh, we'll follow you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I think at this point, um, we are going to go ahead and close up this conversation. Thank you guys so much for Rich and Heather for making time for Workflow Wednesday this week. And um, we are look forward to I know, Heather, at least I'll look forward to having you back on next week. Haley will be back with us uh, next week and uh, she's going to be back from her Jamaican vacation. I'm sure we'll get to hear a little bit about that. We're all jealous. Uh, Haley, we miss you. <laughs> but, uh, Rich, thank you so much. I hope that we have the opportunity to have you back on in future episodes. But thank you so much for kind of standing in while Haley was gone and joining us for these conversations. And uh, you guys, make sure you go check out uh, Rich and Heather's work at richsmithphotography.com. Everybody have an absolutely wonderful Wednesday. We'll talk to you soon. Great to talk to Take you. Care. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. 
Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. <laughs>